Good morrow to you all. You have fallen on bad times. Brought to you by the Royal Holloway Shakespeare Society. You join me, Theo Dudridge. And me, Subhan Hay, as we bear some bardy truths. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Bard Times. I'm your host Theo Dudridge and this week I am joined by a uh, former Shakespeare member slash committee member, uh, Sam Stevens. Say hi Sam. Hello, hello. <laughs> How are you doing Theo? I'm, I'm good thank you Sam. How are you doing? I, I'm doing fantastically. Um, yeah, I, just midway through the London Film Festival. Um, nice. I'm- Subtle drop there, subtle yes. like drop. Yeah, I mean it, that that's not a segue into anything at all. Um, uh, but yeah, no. So I've I've been watching some films lately, and and I've nice. been doing some writing, and I've I've been doing all sorts, and and it's good to see some Shakespeare Society again. You love to see it. You love to see it. Um, so yeah, for those of you who don't know, Sam Stevens was our publicity officer last year for Shakespeare Committee. Uh, you also designed the Bar Times logo, and as you can probably tell, this one's taken some kind of inspiration from the from last series as one. So um, yeah, I'm going to ask you the very important question: uh, What do you think of the new logo? I, I love the new Bar Times logo. Um... I mean, it's 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 got headphones and and it looks like Shakespeare and it, it's identifiable. <laughs> that, that's all you need. It's 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 great. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 very happy with with how Shakespeare Society publicity is going. Um, it's it's great. Uh, he was also in Love's Labour's Loss as Costard, um, and you've also done various kind of stuff with Drum Society, various kind of map being unseen stuff. Yeah. Um, so. Sam, you've recently graduated from Royal Holloway. Uh, can you tell us, well, you've already told us a little bit about where you are, <laughs> what you're doing at the minute, uh, but can you give us an idea of like sort of what you're doing and there are any sort of future plans that you've got? Okay, well, um, so following on from my graduation back in June, what feels like a million years ago uh, from English and creative writing, uh, I've, I've been working at a wedding venue and then recently nice. I've been working for the British Film Institute, working on the team for the London Film Festival. So I've been selling people lots and lots of tickets to various films, including the wonderful Joel Cohen's Tragedy of Macbeth, uh, which oh I think we, we, we could talk about later. But um, yes, let's but so, talk so, about this later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm ruining your plans. No, 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 don't. You're not ruining my plan. <laughs> I have um, no plan. I just have notes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so I've been I've been working on that. I've been um, doing some writing and and doing all sorts of stuff around London. Um, but because of course I have to commute right through London to get from the northwest to the south. Um, fun times, fun times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's it's been really fun. And then for the rest of the year, I've just got some time before I start my master's at the London Film School doing screenwriting. So um, nice. Yeah, I've got some time, skills, some money to earn. Um, incredible, incredible. Yeah, some experience to get. Nice, nice. You'll have to see it. You'll have to see it. Um, so you did English and creative writing for your BA. Um, so what sort of led you to kind of choosing that course and sort of now, based off what you're doing for your master's, what kind of led you down the path of sort of creative writing? Well, um, I wasn't always planning on doing English and creative writing. In fact, the first time I applied to A-levels, I wanted to do anthropology. Um, but nice. the only the only nice. place I wanted to do anthropology was at UCL. So I only ever applied okay. to one university. Fair. Um, and I didn't get in. Um, oh, no. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's absolutely fine. I mean, 
I, I yeah. don't think I was that invested in it because I only applied to one university and I was planning on doing a gap year anyway. So yeah. I reapplied and I thought, what other courses can I do? And I realized that I had been basing a lot of my ideas about what seemed like it could get me a job, what seemed like it would sound most sciencey or most, most career driven and not yeah. something a little bit more on the art side, which I suppose quite a lot of people have that sort of feeling towards the arts. Um, yeah that they have this sort of animosity that it's not a real course or it's not a real career. Yeah. But I mean, the, the sheer amount of money in the arts, the sheer amount of jobs, the, the interest in the arts, this proves that instantly. Um, so yeah, I, I thought I really like writing um, I, in, in all forms. I, I've done various of short, short stories and things for English language and English literature. And and it, it just seemed like it was something that I, like a good balance of something a little bit more academic, i.e. English literature, and then something a little bit more fun, creative writing. And I hadn't yeah. even, I hadn't even heard that you could do joint honours. I mean, not seriously, before, before I planned on doing this course. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was perfect. Yeah. As a, as a fellow joint honours student currently. Mm, drama um, and classics, right? Drama, yeah, drama and classics. Um, I remember because i was um i wasn't entirely sure what university i wanted to go to because i i knew yeah. i wanted to study drama in some capacity i just didn't know where mm. it was actually completely by chance that a couple of friends of mine were like oh yeah we're doing an open day at this university called royal holloway <laughs> which isn't like centered in london it's just on the outskirts mm. of london so i did some curious research because i think it was at that point we'd all just like started up our UCAS accounts and we were like looking and doing research into like uni yeah. courses and stuff. I discovered that they did classical studies and drama, which was great because those were my two favorite A-levels out of the three that I was doing, <laughs> RIP history. Um, but that history, history was fun. Um, but my interests, I realized quite early on that my interests were in um, sort of classics and Greek kind of literature and history mm. and drama so those were what I wanted to pursue and that kind of led me down that yeah. path but yeah um could you talk about some of the short stories projects and stuff that you have done for the uni either for your degree or for oh. as I mentioned earlier Matt being unseen because I've been in a couple of them <laughs> yeah um, you have um I mean I I've I mean on the course I've, I've written a whole bunch of rubbish and I've written a whole bunch of things that I'm proud of and and things which I've written for Matt B and Unseen, I'm definitely proud of on the whole. Um, yeah. So I think, um, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's weird. You just get an idea and normally you just like laugh it off and like you just finish it there. With Matt B yeah. and Unseen and showcases in general, you get the opportunity to develop it and see where it goes and let your mind sort of wander because, because it's just short form, you don't have this pressure to build something grand that's like, going to change everyone's world you can yeah. just have a bit of fun um which is why which is why i love those so, so much and then um specifically with yours um invisible that, that was one of my favorites um just because it was so much fun to make um, yeah <laughs> it's I, I will i will remind people who probably didn't see it um uh it was it was about dating across parallel worlds and theo theo was was one of the counterparts of one of these relationships um and so it sounds like just a bit of a laugh 
but it, it gives opportunity to explore some slightly larger ideas um, about yeah. what, it, what it means to have relationships, what it means to be like separated from people, what like communication is defined as. And, and yeah, so that's why I like short form and why I like short form writing so, so much, yeah. I think as well with that particular, um, you know, that particular kind of play, it was just a really intriguing concept. Mm. And, you know, think about how much kind of media is using, like parallel universes, like mm. multiverses. You look at Marvel's What If, like, yeah. so there's so much of that. And it was just a really kind of wacky but fun concept. And <laughs> that's the great thing about like short form and like sketches mm. and stuff like that. You really can just play with the bricks and see what kind of fits together yeah. and make some weird and wacky content from just <laughs> just ideas what yeah. kind of spurs these ideas from you sam how does your mind work <laughs> uh, psychoanalysis um so i'd say especially for short form you have this you have like you said you get to play with the bricks because in long yeah. form that would tire out the audience that would make them this is some some weird rubbish. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop watching or I'm gonna walk out of the theater. That's that's the end of my day. And yeah. but but with with short form, people don't get that opportunity. By the time they would they would want to walk out of the cinema or walk out of their seats, um, it, it, the thing's already over. So you can play with these things, which one of my uh, professors defined as hunches. So okay. it it could be anything. It could be an image. It could be just a single line of dialogue. It can be an idea. So the, I think the idea for Invisible, uh, in, bad point, Invisible Dating, but that's the name of the company in, in the actual piece. Um, yeah. but the, idea, the idea for that was what if there were parallel universes? Like what sort of, what sort of, what would companies do about that? How would they take advantage of that? Because companies take yeah. advantage of everything. Um, and I let my mind run from that. Um, more recently, um oh what 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 was in the recent piece um so I, I did a piece for uh unseen recently called cold call warm heart oh yeah um which was essentially a a, a woman on a call center who accidentally calls up one of her fellow colleagues um and it okay. just goes from there and that was the hunch it was just what happens if you're working on some some job like that where you're calling people and suddenly you're talking to someone who's in your exact same situation almost like a mirror um and being able to see a connection through that because because it's very isolating um when you're dealing with lots and lots of people in customer service um yeah. so but yeah um that that's what i would say is my inspiration just these hunches it could be literally anything and then you let it develop from there with with no holds barred no holds barred can't even talk um <laughs> no holds barred um incredible, because, because incredible. You, you can you can you can just let it let it run away with you so so sam you've talked about um some of the short form stuff that you've written have you written any long form by the way is that yes you've i have into? i have mr theo dudgeon incredible um, incredible <laughs> so i'd say the longest piece of work that i worked on as a solo project was in my third year um i worked on a 60 page play which actually took quite a lot of inspiration from Shakespeare. Um, oh, nice. So it was set in a medieval bohemian monastery. Um, nice. And it's it, it based on a on a real legend. 
um, if that makes any sense. The legend is probably not yes. real, but it's, it's certainly a real legend. Um, yeah. Whereby this book um, is, is, well, is the largest medieval book still in existence. Yeah. Um, supposedly it's haunted and it was partially written by the devil and, and it's also all sorts of wonderful happenings go on in this monastery. And I tried to use quite a lot of Shakespeare's dramatic techniques, okay. i.e. mistaken identities and, and inciting incidents where, where the player, I was about to player, where, where the character <laughs> takes actions which, which then lead them down paths and all sorts of dramatic turns and twists, which I wouldn't normally lean on. Um, I would normally just follow their character as they just go about their day. Um, yeah. But especially with long form, you need to take these twists and turns. You need to give them ultimatums. You need to make them make wrong decisions, which then have consequences. Because if you don't have consequences and it, you, you don't have things where you go, oh my God, what's the character going to do next? Because they have to get out of the situation. Yeah. I mean, the, then, then long form writing just goes dead. You, you need to have something where, where the, the, either the reader or the audience, they're hooked. So I'd say that's where I took the inspiration from Shakespeare from. But um, I mean, the actual story I took largely from from the actual legend. So it was already written for me, basically. <laughs> um, I just had to fill in the gaps. Um, and the, f filling in those gaps was certainly fun. You, you can make it go as wacky as you like. Yeah. yeah. So that, that, that's my experience with long form. Um, I'm currently working on um, a project for a sitcom. So I'm just working through a TV Bible. Uh, nice. I've, nice. Nev I've never done that properly before. I, I had one module in third year where we, we worked on, a, um, it, it was a sort of dramatized documentary. And um, okay. so, so I, work, I worked in a team project developing a TV Bible for that. I, I haven't worked on something like this. So it, it's fun. Um, current, currently it's just in project development and it's just, just for fun to an extent. But it would be really nice to be able to have something which I could say, hey, I've got this piece of writing. I've got this TV Bible. Would you be interested in it in future? That that would be incredible. You get given this Bible by Sam Stevens. It's like, hello, yes. please, please put this on. But <laughs> no, it's it's interesting that you drew inspiration from Shakespeare. Because um, mm. like, I think there are a lot of narrative and kind of storytelling like things in Shakespeare that work mm. really well and can be applied to a lot of things. I mean, yeah. One of the things, I mean, going back to degree stuff, uh, one of my modules this year is Shakespeare on camera, and we look at different kind of adaptations, um, filmic ways of doing Shakespeare, nice. some of which are like really kind of compelling, um, just really kind of great piece of narrative. Others are Prospero's books. Um, mm. if, 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 you've, uh, any, if anyone has seen Prospero's books, you'll understand. But Prospero's books is an interesting take on Shakespeare. I won't go into the context of no? Prospero's books or content of Prospero's books. Um, is it weird? It's very weird. It's very weird. That's good. That's um, good. I, li I like weird things. It's, 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 it's weird. Uh, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so finally, before we move on to the news, um, any advice for people wanting to write original work or get into um, sort of creative writing, long form, short form, for the uni, not for the uni, uh, for a society or just for fun? Sure. Um, one, write some things. Two, ask people around you to read those things and suggest advice. Three, 
completely scrap what you originally wrote <laughs> and write something different based on those new ideas. Um, and then nice. four, once you have something which you're vaguely proud of, but then feel completely distant from because you've changed it completely, give it to people and say, I'd like this to be made. Once you have something written, it's, it's, it's fairly easy to, to get it made in some form. Like, yeah. Because there, there are showcases, there are people that want to make things. Um, even if that's yourself, once you've got a piece of work which you think is ready, that, that's, that's, way, that's the stage you want to be at. Having a blank page or having a piece of work which you wrote ages and ages, ages, and ages ago, which you're not completely proud of, that's that's the stumbling block which people quite yeah. often can't manage to get past because you, you've got this brilliant idea but it's actually putting it down on paper or, or on a document that that's what makes that's what turns it from being something which is just in up in the air to something concrete and and to be honest it's 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 a harsh lesson to learn and i think i'm still learning it um but ideas are a penny apparent like you can you can Think of ideas off the top of your head very, very quickly. Um, and with the right writer, with the right developer, any idea can be made into something good. It's about the process of making that, uh, which I think really makes the difference. You, you've got to be able to practice and not rely on these ideas that you think that that's the idea which I'm holding sacrosanct. So yeah, that's my advice, advice for writing original work. Don't be hung up on your own ideas because that will ruin a piece of writing. Um, yeah be able to take on take on board advice be able to scrap your own ideas as, as they say kill your darlings um yeah yeah so so that would be my advice incredible incredible <laughs> and that is that is genuinely that is great advice um i kind of wish i knew that before <laughs> doing script writing last year but um but no it's like that like, genuinely that is that is incredible advice um Thank you'd you love to see it. it you'd love to see it uh so we're now moving on to the news so as we kind of talked about a while back uh you kind of preempted this next topic uh <laughs> segue. segue um there is a film trailer that came out a few weeks ago uh for a very famous shakespeare play called macbeth one of my favorites it's one of mine as well it is my favorite shakespeare play as well mm. i i it i think gcse has kind of drilled it into me i've actually gained <laughs> yeah. the heart for the play with yeah um but yeah this is directed by a singular cohen brother um and we had a little bit of a show kind of pre-discussion about this and you know, you can see a lot of the Coen brother kind of influence mm. in that 50 second trailer. And if you've seen those of you who have seen other Coen brothers films or know of other Coen brothers works, then I think mm. there are quite a lot of good parallels. Um, let's talk about this. What do you want? Well, yeah. I mean, in, in terms of visuals, uh, just a brief description, it's black and white. It's shot in quite a sort of short aspect ratio. It's definitely not widescreen. So it yeah. looks very vintage but it's incredibly sharp and, and yeah. yeah and like it definitely feels like a friend brothers film um but you know what it reminds me of the lighthouse in terms in terms yeah. of visuals it's got yeah. these sort of really sort of sharp striking images um so yeah uh joel Cohen has done a fantastic job with this um the tragedy of macbeth out on the 17th of october uh, from uh, the international premiere at the Royal Festival Hall as part of the BFI London Film Festival, um, starring Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan. 
and I'm very <laughs> excited. I'm I'm not going to actually get to see that, but but yeah, I mean, what he's done with with what what I mean, quite a lot of people would say is just like overdone because Macbeth yeah. has been done a million times in one. Oh um, yeah, like it does look like a fresh take. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's got his own unique flavor in it. Um, yeah. So I, I think I'm very excited to read some of the reviews once once it hits and it hits the premiere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I know. I mean, having having sold tickets to everyone to that for that premiere, <laughs> um, I know how excited people are for this. Are uh, there tickets still available? <laughs> I mean. I feel no, like no, yeah, no, and yes. Um, uh. you're, you, and people can uh, they can queue up at um, the Royal Festival Hall, well, not the real Royal Festival Hall, about 100 meters away from the Royal Festival Hall to be nice. specific. Nice. Um, but you can queue up and get tickets, and there, there might be tickets which get released. Um, but it's it's so incredibly popular. I know it's lovely to see how excited people are about Shakespeare. That yeah. That is, I think yeah. that's just the thing I've been looking forward to, especially since Freshers Week started, and mm. things kind of slowly opening back up again. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can tell you this because there should be announcements going up soon, but we recently got confirmation that we can do another Shakespeare D&D event. <gasps> oh, I'm yeah. very excited to see that. It's, it's going to be an in-person one. I think we're going to oh, wow. possibly do an online one next term, but that hasn't nice. been confirmed yet. Um, and it will, it will come out some point soon, but mm. I, I can exclusively reveal, because I'm also DMing it, mm. um, we're taking inspiration from uh, a certain forest in Athens Ooh. for the next... Um, <laughs> For the next uh, Shakespeare D and D event, oh, I'm very uh, so excited. expect uh, some mischief, magic, and mayhem. Is all <laughs> I'm gonna say uh, in regards to that. But yeah, no, as as you were saying, the f Shakespeare is returning to mm. its kind of popular roots in just like pop culture and stuff generally. Yeah. I mean, I I would love to see this film. It comes out on like christmas day i think outside mm. of the film festival and then it comes to apple tv in like january i think yeah it's definitely a film i want to try and watch in some capacity um yeah. illegally like, obviously it but... looks like a film which would be good to see in cinemas it looks yeah. like those images on a big screen in front of you would be very impressive oh absolutely um, absolutely then that's, that's the same with any a24 film i mean yeah they're known for their horrors and this and it looks like a horror i mean it feels it feels like a horror it's got that energy to it um yeah but yeah i can imagine that being i, I can imagine that le i can imagine the people leaving the cinemas feeling a bit shaken uh by what they've seen i think i think as well with the content of macbeth I mean, I've never seen a production of Macbeth, both kind of as a play or like a film production. Mm -hmm. It's really gone full horror because yeah. there is so there, there's, there's the elements of the supernatural. There's like the literal yeah. murder and like manipulation side. You could really kind of play into that. And I feel like that this film is going to at least go deeper than most other adaptations of Macbeth have gone before. Mm. So I'm really excited to hear slash hopefully see 
the kind of fruits of the labor of this film. So <laughs> looking forward to yeah. that. Yeah, it looks um, good. So uh, yeah, we're now going to go into the review section. And uh, <laughs> so Sam, you've you've read and seen a few things, but uh, I'm I'm intrigued about this. You've recently got back in into um, um, so you've been recently reading some uh, Roald Dahl short stories, mm. um, which instantly brings me back to my childhood. So how did you find those after all these years? <laughs> well, these aren't uh, children's stories. These are Roald Dahl's adult stories. Oh, um, okay. So he he was actually quite famous, especially from, I believe, the 80s um, for writing some extremely dark, macabre sh uh, short stories. Yeah. Um, so whilst he was probably most famous for his children's stories, um, yeah. there, there's, there's tons and tons of short stories. You might have heard Tales of the Unexpected. Um, yeah. That was something which Roald Dahl worked on. And um, each of them has some sort of trickery or deceit or deception or something where something goes wrong um, and, and, and just leaves you feeling a little bit cold. Um, and it's yeah. wonderful. Um, no, I've, I've been a fan for ages. I, I'm, I will tell this over and over again, but I, I grew up in the town where Roald Dahl lived. Um, incredible, incredible. I worked, I worked in the library, which was the inspiration for Matilda, uh, and, and everyone always hates me when I mention that yet again. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm a huge fan of that. And the news that Roald Dahl's entire works have been bought, or the right to, right, the rights to work on them have been bought by Netflix is extremely yeah. exciting. Because I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. yeah, there's there's so many books which haven't been developed. I'm especially looking forward to the Min Pins, which is essentially okay. it's essentially the borrowers with mole monsters in a forest. Nice. That, that's nice. Simply put, it's um it's it's wonderful. Um, it's I think it's got the opportunity to be taken in lots of different ways. It could be extremely lighthearted. It could be funny. It could be very sort of dark and unsettling. Yeah. That's what I love about Roald Dahl. Even even his adult stories, they could be done in a lighthearted way or a dark way. And yeah, it's got it's got a beautiful sort of mix of the two. Incredible, yeah. incredible. And you've also uh, seen the new Netflix series Squid Game, which I yes. have not seen, but I know exactly what happens because <laughs> I watched the spoiler review. Oh no! Well, no, no, it's fine. It it was. This is the thing. I've there haven't really been shows recently that I've really kind of wanted such had time to see. I mean, they've mm. recently announced the new Doctor Who, Doctor Who Flux, mm. which intrigues me a lot. Um, but I haven't really had a chance to watch other than like stuff for modules and things. I've not really had a chance to watch anything new. But I've been keeping up with news on certain films that have come out on certain series, and one of the films which I was well, one of the series is that I. Knew was coming out, didn't think I'd watch it, but it sort of intrigued me, was Squid Game. Mm. And the premise behind it, you know, the twist at the end. Yes. I like didn't that. I didn't see that coming. I did Fair. not see that coming. Fair. Um yeah, no, it's extremely enjoyable. I've only recently heard the news that apparently I've been watching the wrong subtitles. There's two types ah. of subtitles on Netflix and the closed caption ones you're supposed to avoid because it changes them. I don't know if it changes the meaning. Um, and I, I was at the end of the day, ninety percent of a film, especially, but any sort of performance is the staging, the costumes, the visuals. It's it's the actions the characters take, and you can you can work around that. So a few lines being different, it's not going to change your entire experience. Yeah. Um, I've watched quite a few 
um, translations recently, which to an extent, to an extent does have its uh, relation to Shakespeare. I mean, when, when you're working on Shakespeare, you have to translate it to an extent because you have to translate yeah. the ideas from stage to film or stage to stage. Um, you have to translate some of the words. Um, so yeah, I think it's interesting to see what people consider right or wrong when it comes to translations and adaptations. Um, I think people are too fussy with all of that. Um, yeah. I think I think Squid Game is extremely enjoyable, no matter how you watch it, whether that's subtitle or dub. It doesn't really matter as long as you enjoy yeah. it. Um, yeah, it was it was, it was extremely. It was extremely dark and gruesome and extremely enjoyable, extremely fun. Um, the only complaint nice. I had is that it was quite slow. I feel like instead of a, what was that, nine-part series? I think so, yeah. Like eight or nine parts, I want to yeah, say. Yeah, an hour per episode. I think yeah. it could have been made into a film or two. Um, yeah. Feature length. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm excited to see if they have another season, what happens with that. I, I don't know how they take that, but um, yeah. It's, it, was, it, was, it was a very fun watch. Highly recommend. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I <laughs> probably will, even though I know what happens. I probably will give it a watch at some point. Yeah. Well, I, I, I was recommending to our audience. Um, it's true. Yeah, it's true. It, it's especially watch Squid watch, Game. <laughs> especially the first or two episodes, because then at least you can get a feel for the premise. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. I think that's uh, just about all we have time for today. So, uh, oh, okay. Uh, uh, once again, thank you so much, Sam Steven, for being my guest on Valentine's Day. Thank you very week. much for having me. Thank you so much for watching this episode of Bard Times. I have been your host, Theo Dudridge, and in the words of the Bard himself, suit the action to the word, the word to the action. Take care, everyone.